Welcome to this podcast, where you can hear some of the classic teachings of Father Rick Thomas, a Jesuit priest who died in 2006 and who spent his life preaching the gospel and serving the poor. Listen in to his wisdom, insights, and humor. Let's begin by writing those passages to look at. First will be Deuteronomy 5.20, John 8.43-45, John 18, 37 and 38, Deuteronomy 25, 13 to 16, Proverbs 11, 1, Proverbs 20, 10, 1 John 1, to repeat those, Deuteronomy 5, 20, John 8, 43 to 45, John 18, 37 and 38, Deuteronomy 25, 13 to 16, Proverbs 11, 1, Proverbs 20, 10, 1 John 1, 8 and a half, or 8. Are we ready? We're going to start by an experiment or a demonstration. Here on the table I have a plastic bucket and several glass containers. This bucket says, here, frijoles. On the top it says, beans. And over here it says, arroz. (laughs) This bucket is not giving a clear message of exactly what's in it. And we take the lid off, and we find that it is rice, arroz. Now, we have several containers here on the table and each one would hold a different amount if we wanted to uh, be dishonest in business we could sell this rice at and say that one of these containers has more rice in it than it actually has this is marked on this container an eight ounce or one half pint If somebody says, I want one-half pint, and we measure it with this smaller container, we are cheating them because we're not giving them a pint. We're giving them less than a pint and so cheating them. When I go to buy the rice from the man that sells me rice, I tell him, this is a pint. Fill it up. It's more than a pint. And so I am cheating the man that I'm buying the rice from because my, my measurements and my measuring instruments vary. Having said all that, what's that got to do with what we're going to talk about today? And I ask you to look at Deuteronomy 5, 20. Deuteronomy 5.20, you shall not bear dishonest witness against your neighbor. Now, what is dishonest witness? Well, it's not telling the truth. This uh, can here, this container did not, it it bore dishonest witness in that it said uh, beans on one side and rice at another place. So, it was... It was labeled dishonestly. 
It was a false witness. It was not telling the truth. The label on this can did not tell us the truth. These varying uh, measurements of rice could be dishonest witness if I said that they contain more or less than they actually contain. That would be dishonest witness. If I go to the gas station and gas at the pump says $1.10 a gallon, and if in pumping the gas I don't get a gallon, it marks a gallon, but I don't get a gallon, then I have received dishonest witness from the gasoline pump and uh, so forth. All right. Now, having said all that, we need to understand the strategy of Jesus and the strategy of his enemy, Satan. The strategy of Jesus is to always deal in the truth. And the strategy of his enemy is always to deal in falsehood or lies. It is easier to deal in falsehood than it is in, in the truth because the truth has to uh, have accuracy involved in it. To give you, as we had an example a few days ago, we said if God sends you on a mission, as he did Samson, he sent Samson on a mission to fight the Philistines, Samson got detoured by marrying a Philistine woman and later having other affairs with other Philistine women. So he got detoured from his mission. When Jonah was sent on a mission to Nineveh, he got on a ship and went in the opposite direction. So he got detoured. Now, anytime we get away from the truth, we are detoured and it is a gain for Satan because he deals in falsehoods and deals in detours. So, repeating that, any truth is a gain for Jesus, and that's part of his strategy to deal in the truth, and any lie or falsehood is a gain for Satan who deals in lies or falsehoods. Now, <clears throat> having said that, let's look at John 8, 43 to 45. We're at John 8, 43. Jesus is speaking. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. The father you spring from is the devil, and willingly you carry out his wishes. He brought death to man from the beginning and has never based himself on truth. The truth is not in him. Lying speech is his native tongue. He is a liar and the father of lies. But because I deal in the truth, you give me no credence. Now let's uh, go over this. Uh, verse 43. <clears throat> Why do you not understand what I say? And Jesus answers this question is because you cannot bear to hear my word. He's saying you cannot bear the pain. The truth is frequently painful. And Jesus speaks the truth, and frequently his word is painful 
it's not what we want to hear it's not what we would like to hear and so it is painful and we cannot understand it we cannot accept it and so forth the truth frequently hurts and it's painful it's hard to bear verse 44 the father you spring from is the devil and willingly you carry out his wishes he brought death to man from the beginning and has never based himself on truth the truth is not in him lying speech is his native tongue he is a liar and the father of lies now anytime that we lie or deceive we're doing exactly what the father of lies wants and every deception every untruth is a game for satan and that's his strategy to deal in falsehood or lies or inaccuracies and in verse 45 jesus says because i deal in the truth you give me no credence or you you do not believe simply because i tell you the truth now this is uh, very scary you cannot accept the truth simply because it is the truth if it were a lie you could accept it now i'm going to read uh, john 8 43 to 45 in other translations and ask you to pay close attention because this is very deep and profound i think and uh it may be hard to grasp but i think it's important today's english version has beginning with verse 43 why do you not understand what i say it is because you cannot bear to listen to my message it's too painful my message is too painful you are the children of your father the devil and you want to follow your father's desires from the very beginning he was a murderer he has never been on the side of truth now this side of truth will come up again are you on the side of truth or are you on the side of falsehood which team are you pulling for in this contest in an athletic contest you may two sides i hope this team wins i hope the other team wins and here he speaks of the side of truth he has never been on the side of truth because there is no truth in him when he tells a lie he is only doing what is natural to him because he is a liar and the father of all lies i tell you the truth and that is why you do not believe me that is really scary you do not believe me because i tell the truth the living bible has why can't you understand what i'm saying it is because you are prevented from doing so for you are the children of your father the devil and you love to do the evil things he does he was a murderer from the beginning and a hater of truth there's not an iota of truth in him when he lies it's perfectly normal for he is the father of liars and so when i tell you the truth you just naturally don't believe it now to get back to my example of these different measurements of rice each container has a different amount of rice if i don't know what the amount is in each one and i don't mind changing 
what I say the amount is, then after a while, I can't tell what a pound of rice is. I don't know. Because I've been jumping around and calling this a pound of rice and that a pound of rice and the other thing a pound of rice, and it has had no connection necessarily with what is truly a pound of rice. And so by doing this with my <clears throat> mind and giving myself to this falsehood, I come to judge I can't tell what a pound of rice is anymore. I cannot tell the truth. I cannot discern the truth. And that is why, that is what is so scary about what Jesus is saying. You cannot understand me because I'm telling the truth. Your mind has been so distorted that you can't tell the difference between truth and falsehood anymore. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe it. The New International has, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Jerusalem Bible has, do you, do you know why you cannot take in what I say? It is because you are unable to understand my language. The devil is your father, and you prefer to do what your father wants. He was a murderer from the start. He was never grounded in the truth. There is no truth in him at all. When he lies, he's drawing on his own store because he is a liar and the father of lies. But as for me, I speak the truth, and for that very reason, you do not believe me. And the opposite would be, if I told a lie, you would believe me. But your mind is unable to tell the difference now because you have accepted lies. You're unable to tell the difference. The Revised Standard has, Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Now let's look at John 18, 37, and 38. Jesus is before Pilate. And in verse 37, Pilate asked Jesus, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. I was born and came into the world for this one purpose, to speak about the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. And in the Living Bible, I came to bring truth to the world. All who love the truth are my followers. And the New International Version Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Again, this idea of truth on one team, falsehood on the other. Whoever, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. The Jerusalem Bible, 
All who are on the side of truth, listen to my voice. In the Revised Standard, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. The New English Bible, all who are not deaf to truth, listen to my voice. And Pilate's answer is, what is truth? And then he walks away and does not wait for an answer. He's not interested in that. Truth is a, has no interest, holds no interest for him. He's interested in politics and advancement in power. The New American has anyone committed to the truth hears my voice. Anyone committed to the truth. Anyone who gives himself to the truth hears Jesus' voice. Truth. What does that mean? Now Pilate didn't stay around for an answer. And I'm going to try to give an answer and I pray and you pray that you can understand it. What is truth? Truth is the correct measure in your mind. That you have the correct measure in your mind. What do I mean by that? Well, if I were to ask you, what is this material my shirt is made out of? And if you could tell me it's uh, cotton, 100% cotton, and that is true, then you have measured this shirt in your mind and said it's cotton, it's not nylon, it's not silk, it's not rayon, it is cotton. And your mind has measured it and measured it correctly. So. Truth is the correct measure in the mind. And I would ask you, is this hot? Is this uh, coffee hot or cold? And if you can measure that and say it is hot, then your mind has measured correctly that this coffee is hot. If I ask you, is this hard or soft? And you can give me the correct answer, then your mind has measured its hardness or its softness. And I ask you, what kind of animal is that? And you tell me that is a parakeet. If you are correct, then you have measured this animal correctly and that's what it is. It's a parakeet. It's not a frijoli. It's not a burrito. It's not an elephant. It's a parakeet. Your mind has measured it correctly. Now, that is truth in the mind. If your mind can measure the fact correctly, if your mind cannot measure the fact correctly, then you do not have truth in your mind. If you cannot tell the difference between an elephant and a parakeet, there is no truth in your mind about this uh, being, which could be an elephant or a parakeet. So the truth in the mind is that you have measured this thing correctly and accurately in your mind. Now, in a, a baseball game, you have the uh, umpire stands behind the batter and behind the catcher, and every ball that's pitched, he measures it with his mind. 
and he calls it a ball or a strike depending on where that ball came. And of course, a lot of people disagree with him. He calls it a strike and they scream, are you blind? But hopefully the referee is measuring each pitch and calling it what it actually is. And if he's, you know, if the pitcher rolls the ball down the ground and the, and the catcher reaches over and picks it off the ground and he calls it a strike, well, then everybody will know that the referee did not measure the pitch correctly. But if he measures it correctly in his mind, then he has truth in his mind. It is a strike. It is a ball depending on where it came. That's the uh, truth in the mind. Truth can also be in the mouth or in the body. And so the, the referee looks at the ball coming down and he called, it looks like a strike and he calls it a strike. And so the truth in his mind is it is a strike and he tells the truth, it's a strike. If it's a ball and he calls it, and he knows it's a ball, but he calls it a strike, now he, is, he has no truth in his mouth and no truth in his hands. He's gesturing with his hands, it's a ball. And he's saying with his mouth, it's a ball, when in fact he thinks it's a strike. And that's a falsehood or an untruth in the mouth or in the body. Now, has this been too hard to follow so far? Okay, I hope not. Now, the devil loves any, any falsehood in the mind, in the mouth, or in the body. He, that's his, he wins anytime he gets falsehood in the mind, in the mouth, or in the body. He's got, it's a point, he wins because he deals in falsehood. Jesus, on the other hand, and God, his strategy is truth. Truth in the mind, truth in the mouth, and truth in the body. Because God deals in truth. And he wants accurate reporting in words or in actions. And that's why in Deuteronomy 5.20 it says, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. He has a right and a need to know what the truth is. So if it's a parakeet, tell him it's a parakeet. If it's a pound of rice, tell him it's a pound of rice. Don't tell him it's a pound of wheat. If, it's, if he wants rice, don't sell him wheat because he's ignorant of what the difference is between wheat and rice. Tell him the truth. And you learn to know the truth, measure the truth with your mind. Your mind is an instrument to measure the truth. And so you have to keep your mind an accurate measurement, an accurate measuring instrument. I used to go to uh, <clears throat> cattle auctions, and uh, at the cattle auction they had buyers from big packing houses there bidding on each animal that came in the ring or each group of animals that come in the ring. 
And uh, so the big packing houses, their buyers could look at an animal and tell within uh, four or five pounds what the animal weighed. Now, each animal was weighed on a scale before it came in, but if it, the uh, buyers had observed animals so many times and compared that with their accurate weights that they could look at an animal and tell within five or ten pounds the weight of the animal without the scale. Why? Because <clears throat> that was their business to know exactly what that weight was. And uh, the, the scale would just verify. But they had verified their... They'd measured the animal with their eyes and mind and assign a weight to it. And they, they would <coughs> compare that to what the actual weight was on the scale. And they did that so often that they became extremely accurate telling the weight of the animal because they trained their minds to, to have the exact weight. And that was very important in their business. When they were buying the animals, the exact weight was very important. Now, let's look at Deuteronomy 25, 13 to 16. Deuteronomy 25, 13 to 16. You shall not keep two differing weights in your bag, one large and the other small. Nor shall you keep two differing measures in your house, one large and the other small. But use a true and just weight and a true and just measure that you may have a long life on the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Everyone who is dishonest in any of these matters is an abomination to the Lord your God. Now, why would somebody have two different weights in his bag, one large and the other small? Well, when he's buying, he says, fill this up. This holds one pound when in fact it holds more than a pound. So when he's buying, he wants to get more than a pound, pay for a pound, but get more than a pound. When he sells, he wants to sell, he wants to be paid for a pound, but deliver less than a pound. And so he, on every transaction, he cheats. He steals, in other words. And that's why someone would have two weights in his bag. One when he's buying, the other when he's selling. The same thing would be true in the house. When people didn't have money, they just traded whatever they had. Then if you had two sizes, you have one big size to receive and a smaller size to sell. And this is an abomination to the Lord. Look at Proverbs 11.1. 1. False scales are an abomination to the Lord. But a full weight is his delight. False scales mean dishonest witness, not telling the truth. The scale says it's a pound when the fact is it's not a pound. It's a lying scale. And so Proverbs 20.10, look at that. Varying weights, varying measures are both an abomination to the Lord. Why would have one have varying weights and varying measures? So he could be dishonest in buying and selling. Now look at 1 John 1, 8. If we, say, if we say we are free of the guilt of sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not to be found in us. 
Now, what I want to underline here is we deceive ourselves, and there is the great danger. We have tampered with the measuring instrument in our mind, and we can no longer measure accurately, correctly, truthfully. We don't know because we've tampered with it. And we are now deceiving ourselves. So deceiving ourselves is a real possibility. We deceive ourselves. The truth is not to be found in us. Now, when we deceive others, we begin the process of deceiving ourselves. And when we are deceived, then we can't measure anything accurately. We don't know what is cotton, what is rayon, what is wool, what is silk. We've deceived ourselves. We don't know what a pound is. We have deceived ourselves. And so getting back to that scary thing that Jesus said, you cannot receive what I say because it's the truth. In other words, your mind is broken now and cannot measure accurately. You've destroyed your most precious instrument and it won't measure accurately anymore. And you're living in deceptions. You can't tell the difference. You don't know the difference between black and white, cotton and wool, up and down, right and left, truth from falsehood. Your mind has been warped, broken, and cannot measure the truth anymore. And so you cannot hear Jesus' voice because he deals in truth. The strategy of Jesus is to deal in truth, and not just religious truth, any kind of truth. The scales. That's very important to God that the scales are accurate and honest. Any kind of truth is very important to God. And any kind of falsehood is very important to the devil. Because if he can introduce any falsehood in it all, we're in his business. His business is lies and falsehood. So any kind of falsehood, if you come up with the wrong answer on your addition, great. It's false, and that's fine. That's his court. You're on his side, any kind of falsehood. Now, as we saw before, if God tells us to go to Toledo, Ohio, then the only way we can be obedient is to go to Toledo, Ohio. And all the devil has to do to win is to have us go to Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Votto, any of a million places, are very satisfactory because we should have gone to Toledo, Ohio. And any other place that we go except Toledo, Ohio, is a victory for the enemy. And so it is with truth and falsehood. If the truth is this is a pound of rice, then anything else, any other 
idea or statement will be a victory for Satan. It's not a pound of rice. It's a half pound. It's three quarters of a pound. It's a pound and a half. It's not rice. It's wheat. It's not rice. It's uh, free holies. It's not rice. It's anything. Anything except the truth is a victory for Satan. Because our measuring rod is, our measuring instrument, our mind is bent and and less capable of serving God or listening to God or doing anything correctly. And we are in the court of the father of lies and the father of falsehood who deals with that all the time. say in the court, I mean in the, uh, we're playing on his team. That's what he likes. Is exaggeration a form of deception? Yes. Would that also fit in? with the opposite which is not telling the whole story exactly so that's what uh, that's why this I think these readings from uh, Deuteronomy and Proverbs are uh, interesting when you have a measuring don't have two ways of measuring don't have two instruments to measure use the same measure all the time and so anything more is bad and anything less is bad because it's an untruth. Pilate was not committed to the truth. He was committed to his ambitions to be powerful. And so he said, what is truth? Jesus said, I'm committed to the truth. I deal in the truth. I've come to testify the truth. Pilate's answer, what's that? Who cares? He wasn't committed to it. And that was his big downfall. Commenting on the, uh, on the system in the courts, unfortunately, the court system is not... The people do not go into the courtroom that the truth may come forth. They go into the courtroom that one particular side will win. And so the prosecutor is doing everything to convict the one accused, whether he's guilty or not. They're going to do everything possible to convict him. And the defense will do everything possible to not convict him, whether he's guilty or not. A much more sensible and just way would be let's both go in here and see what the truth is and so they try to hide things from the jury so the jury will not know the whole truth this the whole system is based on uh, not based on that the truth would be totally discovered and everybody in there committed to the truth they're committed to winning if the prosecutor wins, he's a good prosecutor. If the defense wins, he's a good defense. Truth, well, maybe that'll help win, maybe it won't. But the thing is to win. And, and so the whole thing is flawed right there. And all, almost all selling is, uh, of course, deceptive. Ten percent off. Two for the price of one. Big sale. Well, all this is deceptive. And uh, uh, people that lend themselves to that, 
are in the devil's camp that they're just uh, giving their time to carry on this deception. So almost everything that's packaged and everything that's sold is deceptive. And when some when someone looks at TV, of course, he's list, uh, looking at deceptive advertising and he's filling his mind with deception. And so he's unable now, his mind is warped and now he can't measure things because he has destroyed his measuring instrument, which is his mind. That's his most precious gift. And so that's why Paul says in Philippians 4, 8, fill the mind with all that is true. So your measuring stick stays accurate. Don't bend your measuring stick. Don't destroy your capacity to measure. And the mind is what God gives you to measure with. Don't destroy it. Don't tamper it with it. And that's why Jesus said, those people committed to the truth hear my voice. They've always been committed to the truth and they know this is the truth. If they're committed to deception, they can't hear it because they can't tell the difference. Their instrument is warped. Their scales don't measure accurately. And that's the devil's plan. Any kind of falsehood, any kind of deception, is exactly what he wants. If it's as simple as counting out the beans or laboring anything, if there's any non-truth at all, exactly what he needs. I was at Nathan's tennis match, and if the ball hits the line, it's good. And you have to call your own shots. Um, there's no umpire or referee. And the ball barely hit the line, and Nathan said, out. And then he looked at me and he said, was it? And I said, I think it was good. And he turned to his, the player that he was playing against and said, I was wrong. That was in. And you get the point. And the, a parent sitting next to me turned and goes, I can't believe it. And I looked, turned to the parent and he goes, you never see the truth nowadays. I can't believe that he told the truth. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Father Thomas, go to fatherrickthomas.com. God bless you and have a beautiful day.